Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Nostalgia and Now. As always, it is your host Kelly, and this is the 100th episode. Can you believe it? I know I can't, and it's just kind of crazy to think that we have been doing this for um, two and a half years now, I think, and a lot of you have stuck around since the beginning. A lot of you came in late. No matter where you are on your podcast journey with me, I am just happy that you're here. Thank you so much for sticking around for so long. I think I said in the last episode, there were times where maybe I wasn't as into the podcast. Maybe I was having a bad week or whatever it was, but you stuck with me through it. And I genuinely, genuinely appreciate that so much. And I also really appreciate you guys for kind of letting me make this podcast what it is. You know, obviously Laguna in the Hills is what brought us all together, right? Our love for Laguna in the Hills. But I also think loving nostalgia, loving pop culture, loving all of that. It's just, it's really, really awesome to be able to share that with everybody, I guess. And I love the little community that we have built. And yeah, this is going to be a fun episode, a lot of fun stuff. It was a pretty solid episode of The Hills that we're going to recap. And we have Jemmy Carroll. You may know her from the real world. You may know her from the challenge. You may know her from X on the Beach or X on the Peak. She has been a part of a lot of reality TV shows, and I'm just excited to have her on. She is actually the reason why I tried out for real world all those years ago, and she's not aware of it. So I'm going to tell her that during our little podcast together. And yeah, I just, I want to get emotional as I do. I'm always an emotional person. I'm a cancer, so you know what that says about me. I like to cry. But I do want to say Laguna Biatch is coming up on four years, four years since creating this page that I thought was going to be a joke, and it has given me so many incredible things. I think out of everything, podcasting has to be my favorite. I don't know. It just kind of feels like a little safe space. It feels like our thing. It feels like our area. And I just really, really appreciate you for listening. And I know I said that earlier, but, and I say it every episode, but it's because I do mean it. And I'm really excited just to see what continues to happen. You know, it's kind of crazy that you've already spent like a hundred hours with me, probably even longer than that. But I appreciate every single second that you listen to the podcast. And I also want to apologize because you may hear some background noise, guys. I did get a kitten. So I'm still very on the fence about the kitten. She's very sweet, very nice, but she's not girl, right? So if you're a newer listener, Back just before the pandemic, I lost my cat girl. I had her for 19 years and it was really hard. It's still hard to talk about. But my friend found this kitten in the middle of the road and I'd been talking about how I wanted to adopt a cat. I actually had my eye on this cat named Gail that was at a shelter in Nashville. And my friend was like, you know, if you want this cat, you can have her. And right now she's still really little. She's only like five weeks old. So we are doing a little bit of a custody agreement. (laughs) She's going to be with me some nights during the week, weekends, but during the day, she's going to be with my friend just because they work from home. So yeah, I am trying to like open my heart to her and so far so good. It's definitely different having a kitten. I will say that I haven't had a kitten in a really, really long time and they're definitely a lot of work, but she's super sweet. She loves to cuddle and I am a little nervous because I've read that you shouldn't only have one kitten, you should have more than one kitten. So that is something I'm nervous about, but unfortunately, right now I can't financially have two kittens. So hopefully she's cool being an only child for a while. She's currently chewing on some cords, so gonna have to gonna have to do something about that. Like I said, it's been a long time since I've had a kitten. Last time I had a kitten, I was like nine years old. Other than that, I mean, last weekend I went to my stepbrother's wedding and it was so much fun and it was nice to have some normalcy back. 
Um, the reception was pretty small. There was only about 25 to 30 people there, but we had so much fun and it made me want to go home. So that's where I'm at. I want to move back to Massachusetts, but then I think about it and I'm like, I don't think I want to move back to Massachusetts. Know what I mean? I think that it was a fun weekend. All my family was there and we were all having so much fun. But I don't know if there's really like a ton of opportunity for me in Massachusetts and all this stuff. I do want to be closer to home. That is something I've been wanting for a while. I keep thinking about New York City, but I can't subway. You know, public transportation really does freak me out. I just, I would need to get past that and grow up a little bit. But yeah, I just, I think it's almost time for me to, to head back up to the Northeast. I do have this lease for a year and then I guess see what happens from there. But it was a great time and... I think it's also because usually I don't go home this much. Usually I go home between every four months. Usually I go home, I'm, I'm in Nashville four months, go home for a week, come back. But I've been able to take kind of longer vacations. So I do think it's a little bit of that as well. Like if I was to be there 24 seven again, I would probably want to move. <laughs> also, I just feel like friendships are changing in Nashville. You know, a lot of my friends have boyfriends. Not many of them are single. And I've been having a little bit of trouble with that. I've been having a little bit of trouble with like friendships and I actually spoke to Jeff Epstein, who has pop goggles. He also is at It's Jeff Epstein. And he was like, you know, I talked to my therapist about this. And she says that I, you likely, well, he's talking about himself, but we have different perceptions of what friendships should be as adults. So I still have it in my mind that it's like we're in our early 20s, ready to go all the time. And it's not really like that anymore, especially with like the pandemic. And, you know, some people aren't comfortable going out. Some people are. And I think that that actually kind of hindered me a little bit because I didn't go out a lot during like last summer. I didn't go out a ton. I usually went to like friends' houses instead of to bars. So I do think a few of my friends are like, oh, she won't go anyway. And now I'm like, no, I promise I will. <laughs> but that is just my little dear diary moment, I guess. So let's get into the 100th episode, guys. Can you believe it's 100 episodes? I'm just going to say that right there. Right before we get into TRL, I still cannot believe that we are at 100 episodes. And I'll say it one last time before it gets annoying. Thank you guys so much for listening. This has helped me with my confidence. It has helped me kind of go through different things. And I appreciate feedback you guys give to me as well. So make sure to, you know, subscribe, rate, all of that, because it helps. It helps every way. And let's get into it. All right, so we're gonna do TRL, okay? And this is where it's not live, there are no requests. And I also made a mistake, so I guess everybody makes mistakes, right? So I have only been reading the US top iTunes and I learned that today. I've been doing the TRL thing for what, like 13 or 14 episodes now? Well, it turns out that I was incorrect because I did see that little mix was like at the worldwide um, iTunes, like at the top. And I was like, weird, they're not even like charting. Did they already get knocked out? No, Kelly, you've been looking at the wrong fucking chart. That's what happened. <laughs> so I'm gonna correct that. And now we're gonna do worldwide charts from now on, not Netflix. Netflix is still just US and I apologize about that. But the top 10 for Netflix are at number 10, Startup. Number nine, Jupiter's Legacy. Number eight is Coco Melon. Number seven is Sabotage. Number six is The Upshaws. Number five is The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Number four is Jurassic World, and it is a cartoon called Camp Something. I didn't know how to pronounce that word. I didn't want to make you guys sit through me sounding it out. So it's Jurassic World. It's a cartoon, though. Number three is The Woman in the Window. Number two is Who Killed Sarah. And then at number one, it is Army of the Dead. 
So now let's do the iTunes Worldwide Top 10. Again, my bad, I apologize about that, but from now on it will be worldwide. So at number 10, it is Olivia Rodrigo, good for you. And don't worry, we will talk about Olivia Rodrigo. I got a lot to say. Number nine is Pink, All I Know So Far. Number eight is Tiesto, The Business. Number seven is Bruno Mars, Anderson Pack, and Silk Sonic for Leave the Door Open. Number six is Written and Nightcrawlers, Friday. Number five is Justin Bieber, Peaches. Number four is Anne Marie and Niall Horan, Our Song. Number three is Masked Wolf, Astronaut in the Ocean. Number two is Galantis, David Guetta and Little Mix, Heartbreak Anthem. And number one is BTS, Butter. So that is the top 10 of the worldwide iTunes charts as of May 22nd. And for a top 10 this week, I decided to go MTV shows. And I'm just doing shows without Laguna in the Hills. They can be reality shows, they could be scripted shows. So this is my top 10 for best MTV shows. I know some people won't like it because maybe I didn't add a few favorites. I mean, Ridiculousness did not make the list. I hope you guys are okay with that. But at number 10, we have Awkward. Number nine is Room Raiders. Number eight is Made. Number seven is True Life. Number six is Diary. Number five is Cribs. Number four is Jersey Shore. Number three is The Real World. Number two is The Challenge. And then at number one is TRL. Now, surprising that Teen Mom is not in that top 10, right? I would say Teen Mom's probably like right at 11. Even though I still watch the show, I will say it is pretty terrible. This latest season of Teen Mom 2 just isn't doing it for me. And I was saying how excited I was because the Teen Mom 2 girls always bring the drama, but not this time, not yet at least. Maybe in a few episodes we'll see the true drama, but I'll say like snooze fest. There's just too many moms on the show. They should have stopped at like four moms. I don't know why they need to have five. Five's too many. Like I said, I think in the last episode, I'm like, it's like watching like an Instagram story. You're just kind of flipping back and forth like from a minute from one person's life, a minute to another person's life. But that is TRL for the week. And I do promise always worldwide from now on because Little Mix deserves some fucking recognition. In Little Mix, I'm so sorry that the United States has not caught up with that yet. Now, I realize that I have not had an episode out since The Hills New Beginnings has aired. And I will say, the first like 15 minutes of the first episode, I was into it. I was ready for this. And I was kind of like, okay, maybe they'll be a little bit more authentic. Maybe they listened to the audience and they were like, oh, this works, this doesn't work. So let's figure it out. No, I was wrong. I think by the end of the first episode, I was falling asleep, which really sucks. Like I said a billion times before this, the hills in Laguna Beach was like lightning in a bottle, right? You captured that. And in my opinion, you cannot have the hills without Lauren or Kristen. And I know Kristen's going to come on for an episode later in the season, and I feel like that's what they're really holding on to. But without them, I don't think it has that star potential. And it even has Spidey, and I will say... Spencer and Heidi made the hills the hills. Obviously, you know I love Lauren, you know I'm team Lauren, but without Spencer and Heidi being the villains, without them causing trouble, it would have been the most boring show of all time. Which is kind of interesting because now they're on this show and now the hills new beginnings is even more boring than the original hills. It's just, it's interesting. Um, I just, I can't get into it. I want to really, really bad. The Sean Stewart and Audrina date made me want to scream. 
It was terrible. I think most people feel the exact same way. And I'm kind of curious to see what they're gonna do about Spencer's drinking. Because a lot of people have actually DM'd me about Spencer and Heidi's drinking. I can't really say much, I do enjoy drinking but it does seem like they do take it overboard sometimes. And I feel like especially now that Heidi has openly said she's not pregnant, it's very hard for her not to get pregnant, but she's kind of like drinking more to prove that she's not pregnant, if that makes sense. And it kind of, that obviously bums me out because I feel like Heidi definitely has a lot of body issues as we've seen with all of her surgeries. I just, I think that this pressure is not good for Heidi Montag. And that's just me like pushing my own thoughts on her but I do think that they're gonna probably say something about Spencer's drinking, probably say something about Heidi's drinking, but I don't know, there's just, I feel like there's even less chemistry this time around than there was the first season. Because the first season we were kind of like, okay, they haven't seen each other in so long, and now they're just trying to make it like, oh, well, quarantine happened, so we didn't get to see each other, but we did film a lot before quarantine happened. And that's when Audrina and Brody allegedly spent the night together. But I'm curious, just, I, you know what? I really, really hope that the show does get better. I hope that they make drama up because that's what we deserve as an audience. <laughs> I did find it interesting that Brody gave up alcohol and now he's promoting his mamacitas drink. So maybe he is still sober. I'm not sure. It sounded like he was just taking a break from alcohol. But it's also interesting. I liked his conversation with Caitlin where he was like, you know, the way I treated you wasn't right. And the way I let the media drag you wasn't right. And I was kind of like, good for Brody for like standing up and being like, hey, I fucked up. And Caitlin seemed to agree. Caitlin appreciated his apology. And I guess we're just going to see what happens with those two. It's interesting because in this last episode, I saw a very New England version of Caitlin. And when I say that, some people would say people from New England can be a bit standoffish, a bit cold. And I'm from Massachusetts, so I feel like I can say that because I do it and I don't even really mean to. But with Heidi being wasted and like spilling her drink all over Caitlyn, Caitlyn gets a little pissed. And I was like, ooh, is she going to get her like, are we going to see that New England temper kind of come on? I'm excited she didn't, of course. But going back to that girls night, I don't know if you guys follow Dumois on Instagram, but they are an Instagram that kind of just posts random celebrity blinds. They don't seem to really police them at all. But there was a blind, and I will read it for you guys. So it said, The entire cast of The Hills is getting increasingly upset with MTV because each episode they're dialing back all of the actual shit that went down to the most boring scenes. MTV has a wild version of this reality show in their back pocket, and they're editing it down to G-rated. The girls' night was reportedly one of the funniest scenes the show's producers had ever shot but it was edited to two minutes and instead we watched a cake being baked. What is going on with this network? So I call bullshit on this blind because MTV has never, never, ever, ever wanted to dial back a show ever. They've probably shown too much for people and that's just my opinion. I just think whoever sent that in probably either works on the show, works for the show or something because they definitely want more viewers. And of course it's boring as fuck. So people aren't gonna tune in every week because there's nothing that we really want to see. People want to see Kristen. People will tune in for the Kristen episode. And I will say, I do not think you can have The Hills full-time without a full-time Kristen or a full-time Lauren. Even a full-time Kristen, I stopped watching The Hills once Kristen became like the main focal point just because I didn't really care for it anymore. But I also saw this blind from the crazydaysandnights.net, which is the blind 
website I have used for years at this point. And it says, this is from May 13th. It says, one of the stars of this rebooted reality show did one interview about the new season and said afterwards, it is all lies. She doesn't want to do any more interviews because the show is a lie. And she doesn't want to lie to interviewers just to get people to watch a lie. Say lie again. It was revealed on May 20th that that was Audrina with The Hills. And I found that interesting because on the 21st, Heidi actually tweeted, if you don't want to be on reality TV, don't. And honestly, if I was Spidey, I might get a little frustrated too because they pushed really hard to make this reboot work. You know, I think that they kind of spearheaded this whole idea, made it work, and people aren't liking the show, which I'm sure sucks for them. I think Spencer's trying to bring it with like his tequila and getting drunk and all of that. But at one point, are you kind of like, okay, we get it. Do you know what I mean? So I guess we're just going to have to wait and see how the season goes. I do get a lot of DMs from people not liking it at all. And at least last season, people were like, oh, I liked this moment. I liked that moment. But now people are like, oh, is Brody going to be in a shower or a bathtub every single episode? Um, are we going to get any Justin Bobby? We're just going to have to wait and see what happens, I guess. I am always excited to see the Jason and Ashley story. And I'm not just saying that because I like Jason. I actually think they have one of the more authentic stories with addiction, with Ashley opening up about her pregnancy and them trying to get pregnant again and all this stuff. I just, I really like them. And I'm really happy that they are in the opening credits. Also, somebody asked me if I was worried about Heidi's drinking because obviously on the show, she's very drunk. And now in her story, she seems to drink even more just to prove that she's not pregnant. And I think you just have to let people do what they're going to do. I think Heidi is spiraling. I do. I feel bad saying that. But I do think Heidi has been through a lot with the media. I think she's been through a lot in general. And I just, I really hope that someday Heidi and Spencer can find their happiness that doesn't have to do with fame and money. That is my hope for them. I don't know if they ever will. But I guess we will see what happens. And maybe, maybe by the end of season two, I'm sure they're going to do reshots and try and figure out how to get people excited about the show. I will say some intel is that Spidey goes against Jason and Ashley pretty hard. And it's to the point where Ashley will not speak to Heidi right now. So I will say that drama is at least real. So we will see what happens with that. And also Kristen's only on one episode. Don't forget guys. I feel like they made it seem like she's going to be on like some kind of episode arc. No, she's only on for an episode. And really quick, I want to give a shout out to Frankie Delgado because I would actually like to see more Frankie. I am interested on how his work and career was impacted by COVID-19 because of course he's in hospitality. So I think that would actually be a really, really interesting storyline. They seem to be bringing his wife into the show more and she's absolutely beautiful. I think she's like the most beautiful one on the show. So fingers crossed, <laughs> Frankie Delgado finally gets a storyline and finally gets to say some lines because even the first episode, it's like, what did Frankie throw in that box that they buried, you know? Also, when Brandon like buried money, I was kind of like, dude, not the time. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people are broke right now. And burying like $100 bills because money means everything to you or whatever the fuck he said. I was kind of like, read the room, dude. Not now. All right, guys. So this week we are going to go over season four, episode 13. It's called It's Her Move. And this is when I definitely noticed Lauren is starting to become a side character in her own show, which is absolutely crazy. But again, re-watching, you're kind of like, okay, she was ready to leave the show. Season four, probably signed on for season five for that sweet, sweet, sweet MTV money. We know not many people can say no to MTV money, so I get it. 
During the recap, we are reminded, we're actually, Lauren says in a very shady way, she's like, it had been a long time since Spencer embarrassed Heidi in front of her bosses last. <laughs> it's there that we are reminded about Vegas. If you guys remember, Heidi was there, she was getting ready to move to Vegas, and Spencer was like, don't you dare move to Vegas. And then she missed a really important meeting, but she wasn't her real job anyway. So Brent was like, whatever, like you can still work for us. So that's kind of where we are reminded with Spidey. And then Audrina and Justin Bobby, they're serious now. They are a serious couple. And Audrina had a plan to take their relationship a step further. I mean, is Justin Bobby aware of this plan? Let's just, let's just ask that really quick. Because I don't think Justin Bobby is aware of any plans that are going on in his life. Actually, I'm just kidding. He just wants it to be his way. Anyway, we are at the Lauren's and Audrina's house, and Audrina pops into Elsie's room. Lauren tells Audrina she's going to a rock show with Lo, and it kind of reminded me of the mascara tear scene, where she's like, I go to your rock shows and I bob my head because I want to hang out with you, or whatever she says. But Lauren's like, aren't you proud of me? And Audrina goes, yeah. You have to help me pick, up, pick out an outfit. I was like, oh, Audrina will love this. And then Audrina's like, yeah, and she's kind of smiling. And then she drops a bomb that she's moving out. She's like, I've known for a while, but didn't know how to tell you until I knew for sure. And Lauren's like, oh, oh, okay. When are you, uh, when are you moving out? This weekend? That, that was quick. Audrina said she's excited because it's a sick place. But I also agree with Lauren. Like, I get her reaction to this where she's like, that was quick because if someone I knew was like that I lived with was like, oh, I'm moving out in three days, I would say that exact same thing. And I know I'm also like a Lauren sympathizer, so I'm also aware of my bias. But Lauren asks if Justin has seen it. No, I haven't told him, but I'm sure he'll be there a lot. And Audrina says it'll be like he lives there, but she's not planning on anything just yet. And you can see that Lauren is trying very, very hard to be happy for Audrina. But one thing about Lauren is her whole... Like all of her thoughts are written on her face no matter how hard she tries to hide it. Now we are at a club called The 14 in LA and they're getting ready for a big Bolt House event. And Sam is explaining what to do. As you remember, Sam's kind of like the big Italian dude who was in Vegas. He's one of Brent's partners, but he's like, we have to make a tent. We have to make VIP because we don't want big name people waiting in a line and all this stuff. And Heidi's like, yes, of course, I understand. <laughs> Heidi had her fake job. And then Sam is like, who's, who's in charge of this? And we find out that Heidi is actually the event coordinator. You'll be here, right? I remember last time, Sam says. And Heidi's like, yes, I will be here. And she's excited because this event is huge. And her and Kimberly are kind of walking around the 14. Like they're doing a little lap trying to check out the event space. And out of nowhere, Heidi just goes, maybe I'll invite Spencer. And Kimberly looks at her like she's out of her fucking mind. She's like, to here? Yeah, maybe I'll invite Spencer and her sister Stephanie and Audrina. And her coworker is basically like, um, bad idea, without saying, um, bad idea. Because again, it's a, um, bad idea. But yeah, she's like, what's the harm in a few more people? Yeah, what's the harm? What the fuck, Heidi? I mean, again, this is the most scripted area of The Hills season four. Obviously, maybe not the most, but her having this job wasn't even real. And Spidey brought the drama and Audrina was willing to film with them. So that is how they were trying to like interweave everybody, I guess. If I don't know if I just like rambled, but the reason they had Heidi really work this job is to number one, make it seem like that's how she was making money. Number two, to make Spencer seem like he was a lazy sack of shit. And number three, it was a way for Audrina to be in, kind of reintroduced as Heidi's friend. Like Heidi is inviting her to these places. So there's a reason for them to hang out. And the reason is because Heidi has this job. Okay, 
I hope that made sense. The next scene, we're at People's Revolution, and Lauren compliments Whitney's outfit. And Whitney goes, I don't know if it was dorky. I hope not, because then we are both dorks. We are both dorks. <laughs> Such a cringy little exchange between the two work wives, but you gotta love it. I, I do like Lauren's personality when she's around Whitney, and I don't think I realized how much I liked it until this season, because Whitney is not just in the office. She's actually hanging out with Lauren outside of work. But Lauren tells Whitney that Audrina is moving out and she's like, it was kind of out of nowhere. And Whitney just goes, you're totally okay with it? It'll be weird, but I hope she's doing it for the right reasons. She's been looking at places with Justin. No, she hasn't, Lauren. She told you. She told you Justin isn't gonna move in. You're spreading lies. You're spreading a sick little rumor about Audrina and Justin Bobby. But Whitney just goes, she wants to move in with Justin. And she's like, absolutely disgusted. <laughs> she's like, that is not gonna fucking work. <laughs> she should not do that. Okay, all she said was, she wants to move in with Justin, but her facial expression told me everything else that I said after that. The next scene, we are at a place called Ivan Kane's Cafe, and it is an Audrina and Justin Bobby date. Now, it starts off really good, okay? It starts off with Justin and Audrina being sweet together. Audrina looks at him, she goes, this place is cute, and he says, every place we go is cute. That's not the Justin Bobby we know. Maybe he really, really did turn over a new leaf. And Audrina ends up telling him about the new place that she found, and she loves it. She's so excited. And then she just kind of smiles at him. He goes, what are you thinking? Nothing, nothing. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what's on your mind. Justin just keeps basically repeating that until she was like, I don't know if I want to like be by myself. Would you want to like move in? Maybe. And I felt like that silence was important because immediately she realizes she made a mistake. Immediately we see Justin's body language change. We see him not really smiling anymore. He looks away from her and he goes, let it just happen and see what happens. <laughs> I'm sorry, Audrina. I think that means no, Justin Bobby does not want to move in with you, which is sad, right? Like Audrina's like, I got a new place, want to move in. And he's like, let's just see what, let's just let it happen and see what happens. Oh my God, Justin Bobby, you little shithead. So that awkward moment happens. And then we were at Audrina's house the very next scene. And it's Audrina and Casey, her sister. They walk in. And she's like, I want to put candles down here. I want to put a bench here. This is just kind of where you walk in. And there's a lot of stairs, but it'll be good bum workout. So as Audrina goes up the stairs, Casey follows behind her and she goes, nice bums, here we come. And Audrina goes, I want candles everywhere. I want candles on the railing. I want candles like everywhere. I want to make it so girly. So this is the first floor. This is the guest room in the guest bathroom. And then they walk into like the large kitchen and it is a really, really nice house. I give Audrina credit for that. I want to decorate it and make it romantic with like candles and like flowy white. And then Casey goes, and Justin? Well, he can come over and we can just hang out like just me and him. We won't have to worry about anything. It can just be us. And she's excited to rekindle that. And she's like, you know, when you're with someone for a long time, it's good to rekindle stuff. But you bought this house for Audrina, right? is what Casey says to her, because Casey knows Justin Bobby ain't shit. Let's make that clear. Also, Casey seems like a real badass. I'm sure she was on the show Audrina, which I never watched, but maybe that's the next show I'll recap. I know I haven't watched The City either, so I could either do The City or, <laughs> or Audrina on VH1. <laughs> you guys can tell me which one you'd rather me recap. So the next scene, we are at just the Lauren Squared house. It's no longer the Laurens and Audrina's house. It's just the Laurens house. I do believe Jilly Hendricks lived with them at the time, but yeah, it's just the Laurens. And it's a funny little moment with Lo and Lauren and they're talking about Cleo, the betta fish that they bought. 
And they're both like, she's the best pet. You don't have to pick up after her. You just have to clean her tank a little bit. And Lo feels bad that Audrina is leaving. She's like, you know, I do feel bad because she feels like this was never really her home. And Lauren's just kind of like, well, it was never her home. Maybe it'll be better for her to move out. And you can tell she's kind of upset about it. But I'm going to play an audio clip between Lauren and Lo in three, two, one. You never want to not feel at home. Completely. So maybe this will be better. Yeah. I was thinking about you. I was probably pretty stoked on her moving. It's Justin. Oh, Justin Bobby. A man so great, he needed two names. <laughs> I don't know if he's ever going to forgive me for naming him Justin Bobby. He'll get over it. Eventually. What if Justin moved in with Audrina? We're still going to see her. I love her. She's always going to be my friend. I just... I don't think that her leaving is going to change that at all. No. We'll see them. I don't know if Lauren even believes that her moving out is not going to change things because we all know what happened with Miss Heidi Montag and how that went. But I think Justin Bobby should actually thank Lo and Lauren for his nickname because that makes him memorable. If he was just Bobby or just Justin, he's just like another douchebag. But he's Justin Bobby and he's like this special douchebag that gaslights everybody so incredibly. I mean, I think Justin Bobby is an iconic name and if he hasn't thanked Lo and Lauren, he should. I doubt he has, but he should. He actually called Lauren Conrad evil. He was like, she's a sick, demented person. It was some interview. I'll find it and bring it up for the uh, next episode. So the next scene, we are at the big party and Heidi is coordinating. And she looks over at Kimberly and she goes, do you think it's okay if I drink? Uh, probably not, Heidi. I'm gonna go with a hard no on this one because everybody already <laughs> wants you fired. But Spencer ends up showing up and he goes, I found the bar before I found you. And then Steph and Audrina show up. We find out Justin Bobby's there as well. They're all like cheersing because Audrina tells them she's moving out. And he goes, cheers to moving out of that house. And Spencer asks if they're moving in together. And Audrina kind of shakes her head no. And then they do another cheers. And out of nowhere, you hear Heidi going, I'm so wasted. I am so wasted. I need more tequila. And Spencer hushes her. He's like, shh. Yeah, you're at work, like don't say that so loud. And then Sam comes up, our guy Sam, who's like, like I said, he's like a big, he's kind of an intimidating dude. And he comes up to Heidi to ask where Brent is. No, I, I don't know where he is, do you want me to find him? Are you still working here right now? Um, yeah, what? Like Heidi doesn't even answer. And then Spencer just goes, hey, do you want a shot? The bar's over there, let these girls go to work. And Kimberly looks stressed. Kimberly is in the background, she is not enjoying this. She is not having any fun because she knew right when Spencer showed up that it was gonna be a bad time for everybody. Are you okay, do you need anything else? Heidi asks Sam. I'm okay when you guys are working. And then Kim and Heidi end up walking away from Spencer. And Spencer takes a sip of his drink and has the creepiest little smile. He looks like one of the Nutcracker smiles. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, like the, the things you get around Christmas time, the nutcrackers, like how, what their fucking mouth looks like. That is what he looks like after he takes a sip of this drink. But he loves that he caused some chaos because don't we all love when Spencer causes a little chaos? Oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe I'm complimenting them so much, especially lately. I just, I understand what they brought to the hills and I thank them for that. But yeah, everyone's pretty upset right now. And by everyone, I mean Sam and Kimberly are upset. Now we are taking a lap around Fitham. And of course, Lauren didn't really go there. She just went there to film and she would even like get changed in the bathroom and stuff to make it look like it was different days just so they could get all the filming done in one day. But Lauren tells Steph that she's like going through cookbooks and she's like, I had to like split up all my stuff with Audrina because she's moving out and you know, and Steph just goes, oh, she's moving out. And Lauren goes, you knew that. 
And Steph goes, oh yeah, I forgot, sorry. <laughs> but Lauren says, it just feels really fast. Yeah, she told me she was getting a house. Steph then explains about the whole Bolt House event and Lauren just kind of looks at her and she mentioned, she's like, I think Audrina and Heidi will hang out more now that she moved out. And Lauren's just kind of like, okay, cool. I don't know, Spencer likes Justin, so that may be the new crew. Stephanie, shut the fuck up. Like, Lauren's already upset. Just be quiet. Just just one of those moments where you're like, don't speak. You know what I mean? You, We all know people like that where they just keep talking. And you're like, shut up, shut up. Like, between your teeth, you're like, stop talking. <laughs> we are back at Bolt House the next morning, and Kimberly gets called into Brent's office. Brent seems really upset, and he ends up asking about the event. Were you guys drinking at the 14 opening? I wasn't out of respect for you. I would never do that. Sam made it seem like you guys were wasted and he was pissed. Oh my God, not at all. Was Heidi? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Kimberly's trying, but Kimberly's like, I actually work here, so I'd like to keep my job. Brent then goes, okay, can you just go grab Heidi? And Heidi walks in and Brent tells her about the opening and all the drama. And then Heidi says, I thought when everything was done, we could have a drink. I can't have you drinking at work. We were working hard and I just wanted a drink when we were all done. And then Brent's like, and you brought Spencer, you know what kind of influence he is on you and he can't come to work because of how he acts. And then he just looks at her and he goes, Heidi, I'm gonna have to fire you. <laughs> and Heidi looks at him and she goes, I understand, I'm really sorry. I, 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 I will go get my things, bye. Like, it's just like, if somebody fired me, I would flip a fucking table. Maybe, probably not. But you know what I mean, like the way she says it, she's like, I understand, okay, bye. <laughs> and again, all that was fake. Brent Bolthouse may deserve an Oscar for how angry he truly seemed. The last scene, the last scene of the episode is Audrina moving out. And it is kind of sad. I mean, there are movers like packing up her bed, putting it in the back of the truck. And one thing that I think is really funny, and I feel like a lot of people who drank heavily in the early 2000s, in the early 2000s, in, the early, in your early 20s, my goodness gracious, People who drank quite a bit in their early 20s all had something like this in their room. Okay, so Audrina has a giant Grey Goose bottle sitting on her dresser. And I feel like a lot of my friends had like a Grey Goose bottle or like, I don't even know what else, Grey Goose Sky Vodka with like coins in it or just some kind of bottle of alcohol just resting on the dresser. So that kind of stuck out to me because clearly I drank a ton in my early 20s, but Audrina is still packing. And Lauren goes in to check on her, asks if she needs help packing. And she's like, yeah, just throw everything in whatever boxes you can. And Lauren's like, okay. And Lauren's trying to be there for her. And she's like, I'll miss my partner in crime. And Audrina's like, I'll miss you too. And Lauren's like, you can call me and we can come, I'll come over and we can, you know, cry together on your kitchen floor. That's what I want in a friend. I want a friend that I can call and we could just sit on my kitchen floor and cry. That's what I need in a friend. And then Lauren's like, where's Justin? Oh, he, he's working or something, but he's going to probably come tomorrow and help me unpack or stop by later. And Lauren says she's happy to be there for Audrina. And she's like, I'm happy to be there through everything with Justin, just like you've been there for me with everything through Heidi. And Lauren is kind of trying to be like, I'll still be there for you. You know, in the back of her mind, she's like, please don't become super close with Heidi so we can still, so we can still be friends. And the girls hug and Lauren says, it's not the end of a story. It's just, it's just, and Audrina says, to be continued. And all I could think of was in season two of Laguna when they're like, it's the end of the beginning. And Kristen had to explain that to Alex H like 15 times. But that quote reminded me of that moment. But yeah, it's just some sad moments and Audrina gives the girls a hug and Lauren's like, love you. And Audrina says, love you. And then she looks at Lo, she's like, bye Lo. And Lo says, bye hun. Because we all know that they had a lot of animosity between the two of them. And then 
Lo looks at Lauren. She's like, are you okay? And she goes, I am sad. I am sad about this. And then Lo gives her a hug and they're walking up the steps together or driveway together. And that is the end of the episode. We don't have any, you know, mirror, mirror, sorry. Any like side mirror shots of Audrina looking back. She's just, she's off to her new home and Lauren's hoping that they can still be buddies. But we do know she is nervous that she's going to get close with Spencer. She meaning an Audrina and Lauren's worried about that. So I guess we just have to see what happens. And do we think, and do we think Justin Bobby is actually going to move in with Audrina? I'm going to go with a real hard no on that one. So let us get into pop culture brunch. It's one of my favorite parts. I'm glad that you guys enjoy the pop culture as well. As you guys may know, Olivia Rodrigo is one of like the Disney stars who just popped off this past week. She of course came out with driver's license, which a lot of people loved. And honestly, when I first heard it, I was kind of like, okay, like, I guess it's good. You know, it didn't really strike me as anything. And then she came out with a song called Deja Vu. And I was like, all right, this song's better. It's giving me like Lord vibes. It's pretty good. And then Good For You came out. And honestly, it reminds me so much of Misery Business by Paramore. And I don't know if you guys know this, Haley Williams will not play that at shows anymore because she doesn't like the message it sends. But let me tell you, Misery Business is one of the best emo punk rock songs of all time. And yeah, I understand it's slut shames, but guess what? I'm still gonna bop to it. But Good For You reminded me a lot of that. And her album is really, really good. And as a 29 year old, almost 30 next month, I'm like, you know what? I am mad at all these people who I have completely forgotten about. Like if we got in a fight this week, it's probably because of Olivia Rodrigo and her lyrics. But somebody was like, oh, I don't know if I should give her a shot. Like I, I'm too old. I'm like, no, you're not. Listen, she is basically Gen Z. I guess that's Gen Z, right? Yeah, Gen Z's Taylor Swift, except a little bit more rock and I'm into it. I think Olivia Rodrigo's really talented and I thought she was an industry plant until I realized she was a Disney Channel kid. And I was like, okay, she's just a part of that whole machine but she's out there swearing and stuff, so Disney must have loosened their reins a lot. I don't know if you guys remember, Joe Jonas, I believe, talked about when Vanessa Hudgens' nudes were leaked. I don't know if you guys remember that. It was like 2008 or nine, maybe. And Joe Jonas was like, yeah, we all got pulled in and got spoken to and it was very scary. But now Olivia Rodrigo's out there like swearing and having a, a good old time. So we love that. We are happy that Disney maybe isn't as insane as it used to be. Probably is still that insane, but it's really, really good. And an industry plant, if you've never heard of that, it is somebody that the industry wants to make famous. And I will give the example of Lord. And you guys know I'm a big Lord fan. And basically what happened with Lord was she did have a little bit of a following. You know, I think she had one or two EPs out, not a full album yet, but Spotify was just starting to come up as a streaming platform. And Spotify wanted to prove that they could put people on just like iTunes could basically, or Apple Music, you know, like that, <laughs> that universe. But what they started doing was they were adding Royals by Lord to different playlists and getting people to like it and kind of putting it out there, putting it in random playlists, putting it on the home page of Spotify. And within a few months, she was all over the radio. And of course, super successful, even though she's only had two albums and you know what, we really do deserve another album, but I'm just gonna hold off, okay? I'm not gonna get upset about it. I'm just gonna accept that Lord is gonna give us music when she feels right, even though I think right now is the right time because Melodrama is one of my favorite albums of all time. Oh my goodness. But basically Lord would be considered like an industry plant because even though she's super talented, 
she was kind of put on to make a point. And that's what I would describe an industry plant as. Some people think Billie Eilish is, but I haven't really looked into that so much. And some of this pop culture stuff is a little bit older just because I did not have an episode last week, but I still wanted to talk about it, okay? I still wanted to touch on these subjects, like Ronnie not returning to Jersey Shore. I am actually kind of shocked that MTV did actually make a stand about this because let's be clear, Ronnie has gotten like a victim edit for a while. The past few seasons of Family Shore, Family Shore, Family Vacation, Jersey Shore Family Vacation, it's all been like Ron dates crazy girls, Jen was crazy, Jen beat Ron up, and I am sure Jen did put hands on Ronnie. Like I'm sure that they fought each other, but it wasn't all Jen. And I think it's really telling that MTV was finally like, no, we can't do this. We're totally done with you, Ronnie. And apparently what happened behind the scenes was the cast was finally like, we don't want to film with him anymore. And of course, Ronnie is not taking this news well. He keeps going all over social media. He keeps posting these things about loyalty. And he's also come out to say that he will not go to rehab. He will not go to anger management. He will not go to any kind of treatment. He just wants to live his life off reality TV. He no longer wants to be involved with MTV. And that actually really worries me. I think Ronnie is heading down obviously a bad path. He has for a while. You know, I do think MTV has protected him for a long time, but finally they're just, they're done because the cast is done. They're over it because the cast no longer wants to work with him. So Ronnie is out for Jersey Shore, family reunion, family vacation. The latest season that I believe premieres either this week or next week, probably next week because Floribama Shore reunion part two is happening this week. And also, I don't know if you watched the first half of Floribama reunion, but Gus and Jenny bonded because she's like, no, people need to hear Gus out. And I'm like, you both always play the victim. So <laughs> that's why. I know I mentioned Joe Jonas earlier, but the Jonas Brothers are going on tour with Kelsey Ballerini. And I believe I've said it a few times that quarantine made me a Jonas Brothers fan. Growing up, I always kind of felt like I was too old for them. I thought they were corny. I didn't like their music. But I have to say I like their newer music a lot. And obviously you guys know I love Kelsey Ballerini. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm gonna go to the show though. I can't even think of spending money, like a lot of money to go see Jonas Brothers. And I've seen Kelsey Ballerini a few times live, but I'm just gonna say if anyone's in Nashville and wants me to go with them, I'm not gonna say no, okay? So like, I'm not gonna go, but like if you need someone to go with you, I'll go with you, okay? It's kind of crazy that like concerts are coming back. I cannot believe it. And whenever I see a concert announced, I'm like, Taylor, we could have had Loverfest <laughs> every single time. I will say the Jonas Brothers Kelsey concert, it should be good. And I'm glad Kelsey is getting, you know, more exposure, but I'm kind of like, why is she like opening for them? Why isn't it a co-headlining tour? Kelsey Ballerini put some motherfucking respect on her name but I'm sure that her just opening for them is gonna open so many doors for her. This is kind of old news, but Ariana Grande got married. Can we talk about that real quick? She got married to her real estate boyfriend. And honestly, I feel good about this one. I don't know why. I feel, I feel pretty good about it. And I guess we'll see what happens. I do think Ariana Grande wants more of a normal life. Do I know anything about Ariana Grande? Not really, but I do feel like after the whole Pete Davis situation, Davidson, not Davis, I'm sorry, after the whole Pete Davidson situation, and then the very, you know, with Mac Miller passing away, and then there was a bombing, like, or I guess that was before Pete Davidson, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there have just been so many events in Ariana Grande's career. It wouldn't surprise me if she took a little bit of a break, because she probably, she deserves one. I'm gonna say, you know what, Ariana, you deserve a break. But it allegedly happened in her backyard in Montecito, California, and people showed up the day before, added a whole bunch of hedges, 
And then during the ceremony, there were like speakers pointing outside of her yard. Like instead of facing her yard, they were facing the street playing bird sounds. And if I was her neighbor, I would have lost my fucking mind. That would have driven me absolutely insane. But I'm sure if you can afford to live near Ariana Grande, you have your own soundproof home. That's what I'm going to assume all rich people have. All rich people have soundproof homes where you cannot hear Ariana Grande's sound system for birds playing. Last week, ASAP Rocky also went on record saying that Rihanna is the love of his life. And I have one thing to say. You're not special, ASAP Rocky. Rihanna is the love of all of our lives, right? Like we have loved Rihanna for years. So congratulations, welcome to the welcome to hanging out with us, but you're acting like you're special because of this. I actually saw a tweet and it was like Rihanna woke up, saw someone professes love and rolled her eyes. And that made me laugh because that is Rihanna's mood. I love Rihanna. I wish she'd come out with music, but she's waking, making way more money with her beauty line. Apparently she's gonna come out with some new music soon. I don't know how much I believe it. I wanna believe it, but I don't know how much I like genuinely believe it. I don't know if you guys saw it. Jay Cutler came out with Cuts finally, Cuts by Cutler, and it is a meat delivery system, like HelloFresh, but meat. And I am not a big red meat eater, but Jay, if you wanna send me some burgers or something, send them my way, even though you blocked me. <laughs> I still don't understand that. I guess it's, he probably just saw the name Laguna Biatch and was like, block that dumb bitch. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know why Adam called me a dumb bitch. But yes, he did announce on his Instagram that he is sticking with Cuts by Cutler and now it's a home delivery, HelloFresh. It's like HelloFresh, but for men. I don't know if you guys saw, I'm sure you did. Demi Lovato came out as non-binary. Honestly, I do not know enough about non-binary to really get into it. All I know is pronouns change and I know there's a lot more to it. I'm just, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not educated enough. I will educate myself after this podcast, but Demi, instead of going by her, she, they are going by they, them. And a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people say a lot of different things about it. And I am just hoping that Demi is genuine about this. Um, I know they're coming out with a podcast about UFOs or a show about UFOs. And I just, with Demi, a lot of things tend to happen around their projects. You know, they came up with a YouTube documentary and then right after that, there was an album with the same name. And then, you know, they attacked a small business and now they are changing their pronouns and now saying, you're no longer allowed to comment if I lose weight or if I gain weight. And everybody has their triggers, right? Everybody has to go through what they're going through. Just sometimes with Demi, I'm like, maybe just like calm down a little bit. I'm worried about Demi. And I think I said that after watching the documentary, um, their, their YouTube documentary. It made me a lot more worried about Demi than it made me be like, oh, they're in really good hands. I have just seen a lot of people saying they think Demi's very performative and that they're not sure if this is a genuine thing. I just hope that Demi is happy with whatever Demi is doing. Also, some Boston drama. I don't know how many of you are from Massachusetts, but Maddie in the Morning is probably one of my least favorite people on the radio and has been for a really long time. So he has always tried to be like a shock jock, but he's just an asshole. And the reason I don't like him is because a few years ago, and by a few, I mean probably eight or nine, nurses in Boston went on strike saying they wanted to be paid more. And he made a comment to the effect of, all nurses do is change bedpans. Why do they want to make more money? And after that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to listen to his show in the morning. I'll listen to Mix 1041. That's where they have, um, I forget their names at this point, 
Carson and Kennedy, that's who it is, in Boston. You guys are like, Kelly, we don't give a fuck. Get to the point. But basically, Maddie in the morning has always had an issue with Demi Lovato. He has called them a whale. He has made fun of how they sing. He has said just like nasty things. And it's always been Demi. He, you know, he says he makes fun of everybody, but he goes after Demi like extra hard. And basically on air, he quit because of the non-binary thing. He was talking about it. And then he got frustrated because the, I don't know if it was the, the runner of the station gave him a call and was like, you need to dial it back. You need to stop talking about this. And Maddie in the morning quit on air and then came back and basically he was like, I'm not going to quit because this is my kid's trust fund. Ugh, Maddie makes me fucking bananas. But yeah, that was just some Boston drama if you guys cared. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen all of the hate that Miss Kendall Jenner is getting for her tequila company. And a lot of people are basically saying, you know, they're culture vultures, the Kardashians. That's what a lot of people are saying. And this is just another example of them being a culture vulture. And I'll say a lot of celebrities have tequila companies. So I'm not sure if it's just like how Kendall Jenner's promoting it and why that's getting everybody in an uproar. But I know that like Dwayne Johnson has tequila company, Nick Jonas, but it seems like Kendall's definitely getting a lot more heat. Kendall Jenner, let me tell you what you should have done. You should have created a seltzer. Like now, I don't know where she's like, tequila's always been my passion. And she's actually getting drunk a lot, which is kind of funny to watch unless she's acting. If she's acting, congratulations. But she should have 100% made a seltzer. That is your target demographic. I would buy a Kendall Jenner seltzer. But no, they went the tequila route and now everyone's mad. I just know that people are really mad at her and she should have either made a White Claw type drink or fucking Pepsi. You guys remember that commercial? You know, maybe Kendall Jenner should just take a step back from all beverages. That's what I'm gonna suggest. No tequila, no seltzer, no Pepsi, no beverages at all for you, Kendall Jenner. Last week, Chrissy, or maybe even longer than last week, but Chrissy Teigen is officially like canceled, 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 it seems, because Courtney Stoddard, Stodden, I don't know if you remember, she was like 16 and married, I believe he was a 42 or 52 year old man and apparently Christy Teigen like really, really hated her for some reason and ended up DMing her saying, you should kill yourself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Like that is, that is truly insane. And of course you hope that Christy Teigen has grown and she's no longer that person, but she's been real quiet since that happened. I don't know. I know she deletes her Twitter like every other day, so I'm sure it's disabled now. But to me, it's just absolutely wild to slide into someone's DMs and say something like that. Like every once in a while, I'll get like a rude DM, but it doesn't happen very often. But I am always shocked. I'm like, what did I do? And the fact that you're this celebrity and you have this celebrity, but also like saying kill yourself, that's, a, that's, that's horrible. That's an awful thing. Like what if, what if she was there, right? Like what if she was ready to end her life? She gets a message from Chrissy Teigen and then, you know, it sets her off. And that is absolutely horrible. I know Pete Davidson, speaking of Pete Davis, as I called him earlier, Pete Davidson on SNL, he was like, quarantine made us cancel Chrissy Teigen. I know I'm happy about it. And he made like a big smile. So maybe she said some stuff to him in the past as well. I mean, anything is possible at this point, I think. Now, as we end this, I want to end with Benefer. I hate Benefer. okay? I'm going to put it out there. I do not like, oh, wait, I have one more thing to talk about after Benefer, but I do not like Ben and J-Lo. I don't. I did not like them 17 years ago when they were together. And it's funny, being from Boston, I just remember my family being like, oh, he's all Hollywood now. We don't like him. He's not a Boston boy anymore. 
And that was like the newspapers too. Not just my family, like newspapers were saying stuff that he was no longer like a true Boston boy and all this stuff. But I'm just not into it. And you know what? If they're just banging it out for the summer, good for them. I, I can see that. But Ben has just kind of been on a PR spiral. He was in that fake relationship with Anna. He dated Lindsay Shookus for a while, but they ended up breaking up. And yeah, I just, I don't think that Ben knows what the fuck he's doing, but he knows he wants PR. And I've always kind of wondered why. I kind of wonder if that was an issue with his relationship with Jen Gardner, because they were a fairly quiet couple. You'd see them out with their kids, but they wouldn't be out all the time. Now that they're divorced, he's like, I need to date every single person I can. And I'm sure you guys saw the picture from TMZ. If not, so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Did post it on his Instagram. But you can tell that like <laughs> that they just banged it out. That's what I'm going to assume. But it's also backgrid. And if you see backgrid, just keep this in mind. Like You'll see um, at the bottom right of most paparazzi pictures, it'll say backgrid. And that is when you call the paparazzi. Those are the paparazzi that the Kardashians use because the Kardashians will approve which candid pictures get posted. So whenever I see backgrid, I get a little bit more cautious about things. And yeah, I mean, they're doing it for the publicity. Everything JLo does is for publicity. I am not a huge JLo fan other than in Hustlers. I really liked her in Hustlers, but like overall, I'm not a JLo gal. I'm not a Selena too. She was good in Selena. But I do think that she kind of ripped Ashanti off. And I actually talked about that on So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I was on his podcast this past week. If you did not listen, basically Ashanti was credited as a like background singer, but it still kind of derailed Ashanti in my opinion. Now, I don't know if you guys saw Miss Rita Ora. Rita Ora is a wild woman, okay? I'm gonna put it out there. She is a wild one. And she was caught making out with two different people, two different actors. And basically all I can say about Rita Ora is she is a yacht girl through and through. Yacht, Y-A-C-H-T a yacht girl. She is probably right now one of the biggest yacht, yachting people there is. I mean, Lindsay Lohan's huge, Miranda Kerr, Nina Dobrev, Julianne Hoff, all of them have had their moments, but Rita has never quit. Like she's never stopped doing it. And I don't think she ever will, which sucks. Cause I actually liked Rita's music and everyone would be like, you're a Rita Ora fan. I'm like, hell yeah, Rita Ora for life. <laughs> now, as we wrap this up, I have to talk about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. It's been a while since I've talked about these two, but I saw pictures of them. I'm sure you all saw pictures of them too on the billboard red carpet. And Machine Gun Kelly had a black tongue, which is very chow of him, the dogs. You know, they have the purple black tongues, very chow. I get it, they're very cute, but he looked a mess. And a few people DM'd me, some Machine Gun Kelly fans DM'd me and they were like, oh, all he does is smoke and drink now. He said he's the cleanest he's ever been. Judging by those pictures, I don't know, man. And I am somebody who really liked Machine Gun Kelly for a long time. I was a part of the EST movement. I was a part of Black Flag. I was a part of Lace Up. So I've been around. I was, I was there before the hair plugs came in. That's how long I've liked Machine Gun Kelly. But it is very weird. I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's doing some kind of like performance art type of thing, but I'm not fucking into it. I guess it doesn't matter since he's with Megan Fox, who's like one of the most beautiful people on the planet, but I am a little worried about him. I do think he looks a mess. Justin Bieber shaved his head. No more dreadlocks, no more Cynthia hair for Justin Bieber. You know, I always worry about Bieber. I'm still worried about Bieber. I mean, Cabs Are Here posted something saying they're worried about Bieber. And Cabs Are Here, she's actually like a big Bieber fan. 
So her saying it, I think is a big thing. And also I wanted to remind you that the bold type comes back this week and I cannot wait to watch it. Sutton Brady is a fucking icon if you ask me. And Katie Stevens is one of my favorite people from American Idol. And it's just, it's a great show. If you haven't watched The Bold Type, highly suggest it. And if you do watch it, let me know how you feel, you know, tag me in your stories while watching it. I, I love that show and I want everyone to watch it. If you have Amazon Prime, I also wanted to suggest Pink. The singer Pink has a documentary that's out and it's really, really good. Now, one thing about Pink is even though she does have big commercial success, I feel like overall, we still do not give her enough credit as a vocalist, as a performer, as all of that. I for Sometimes I do forget to put her on my list of favorite female vocalists and that's on me. But Pink's documentary is really, really good. And one thing that I really loved about it is Carrie Hart's role in it, basically. Like her husband, Carrie Hart, who's a fucking dime. Like, I know everybody wants to talk about, you know, Travis Barker or whatever, but let's talk about Carrie Hart real quick. Anyway, he is such a great dad and great partner, and it's actually really great to watch that because I feel like in so many things, it's, you know, women giving up things that they love to support a man. But in this, Carrie's just there to be a great husband, great partner, great father to their kids. It's actually a really beautiful moment. It's a beautiful moment throughout the whole documentary is what I mean. Now, as we wrap up the podcast podcast, before we get into the incredible fun interview that I had with Jemmy, I just wanted to, again, thank you guys for listening. You know, we've been through a lot together. We have been through me quitting a job, me losing a cat, me getting a new cat, me getting a new job. And like I said, talking to you guys, I have talked to people who were single when they first started listening, then got engaged by now. It's, it's just really incredible. And I really love this space that we've created. And I wanna thank you guys just for listening, for sticking around, for understanding that there will be weeks where maybe I do have an off episode, but I try and be as transparent about it that as possible. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for letting this get to 100 episodes. I appreciate you all so much. And you've done more for me than I could ever put into words. And I know that sounds weird and corny and all these things, but I am a corny person and I think being corny is beautiful. So I just wanted again to say thank you. Thank you for letting this start off as a recap podcast for Laguna in the Hills and turn into pop culture and turn into having different people come on to talk about their experiences, to talk about mental health, addiction, all of it. I just, I love what we've created here and I cannot wait for a hundred more episodes. So cheers to a hundred episodes, biznatch. Guys, I am so excited for our next guest. We were supposed to have a show in Nashville together before COVID. So when I realized the hundredth episode was coming out, I needed to have her on. She's been on the challenge, X on the beach, real world. And Real World All-Stars right now on Paramount Plus. Jemmy, thank you so much for coming on. My girl, thank you for having me for your 100th episode. And more importantly, we will make that live show happen very soon. I know. I was so bummed. I was like, Jemmy, we got to hold on faith. And then once it got canceled, I'm like, I'm very sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, shit got very real last year, but shit is getting a little bit better now. So we'll definitely make that happen, hopefully before the end of this year. Now, we are not done with the Challenge All-Stars yet, but you did make it to, a, to the final. I did. And how was filming Challenge All-Stars versus, you know, a regular type of challenge? And when it was presented to you, what did you think it was going to be? 
Absolutely. So essentially, I have not done a, a regular challenge since 2018, Final Reckoning. And I had a very bad experience, you know, got like bad luck with me and Jenna getting sent home early. So I was just kind of done. I got a call or two um, and I and I essentially said, no, I was just done with the challenge. It just wasn't serving a purpose for, in my life anymore. Um, but then when I heard that All Stars was happening, I was very excited for that. I didn't think that there was an, like, an opportunity for me to be on the cast because I am in that kind of weird stage where am I an OG or not? Um, so I wasn't ever expecting a call. Two weeks before they were supposed to start filming, I get a call. And they basically say, hey, we're, it was a bunch of people from BMP, which is the production company, sitting around. And they're like, Tina got COVID. Tina can no longer be on the cast. We need someone to replace Tina. And we think you're the only person that can fill those shoes. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because I love Tina. I was so excited to see her back. But essentially, the only reason I was cast on All Stars is because they because Tina couldn't come because of COVID. Because if you get COVID within the two weeks of when filming starts, you have to be removed from the cast. So yeah, I when I got the call, I knew that I couldn't say no. I knew that All Stars was going to be different. I knew that it was going to be special. And just to have the opportunity to go and film with all these people that I grew up watching, it was like a no-brainer. I immediately was like, yes, I don't care if it's in two weeks. I can have, I'll be ready. Let's fucking go. So that's how I got cast. It was literally like I was the last edition. It was a last minute thing. And then it gets even more complicated. The cast was originally supposed to be 12 girls and 12 guys. But as we are going to Argentina, as we're at the Dallas airport, Abram has a, a positive COVID test. And production is like trying to sneak him on the flight. And the Dallas, you know, the Dallas airport people, the TSA people are like, no, this dude has a positive COVID test. He can't go. So he couldn't go. Granted, they had alternate guys. So not a big problem, but in the middle of our week-long quarantine, because obviously we had to quarantine alone in a hotel week and room for a week in Argentina, they decide they're going to cut the cast down to 11 guys and 11 girls. Obviously, Abram's out already, so they have the 11 guys. The 11 girls, they're essentially going to cut me or Casey Cooper. And then essentially, Casey Cooper got cut, and I stood in that 11th place. So essentially, long story short, it was a process, like a long two weeks from like getting that first call to making it into the house. So making that final after dealing with all that pre-production bullshit was even more satisfying. When you got the call, did you think it was going to be as intense as it was? Or did you think it was kind of going to be a lighter version of the challenge? Yeah, they essentially like sold it. And I, I think the reason they sold it to to everyone is they wanted these people to show up and they were scared if they didn't like package it like this, they wouldn't show up, but they sold it like it was going to be old challenge backyard games. So we all showed up thinking it was going to be just a, like a, re a mini reunion with some backyard games and like a hundred thousand dollars. So when we met up with TJ that night, first night, and he said 500,000, <laughs> that's when I knew they're about to put us through some shit. They're not going to give away 500,000 just like, on some like backyard bullshit. So that's when I knew it was going to get real. And then the first challenge, it in fact got real. Who was the one, or I'm sure there were more, but one cast member where you were like, holy shit, I'm on a season with them. Cause I have to say when I saw Katie Doyle was back, I was like, Katie Doyle and Jemmy are going to be on the same screen. I'm ready. Katie is one of those people I've always 
always loved. I think she's one of the funniest people to ever be on the show. I love how real she keeps it. So my whole thing is like, damn, I hope Katie Doyle lives up to the hype that I have in my head. <laughs> right. And she's definitely matured. But as far as being the same funny Katie Doyle, that's one person, if you're in the room with her, she's just going to make you laugh nonstop. So Katie Doyle lived up to the hype. Um, Tech was one of those. I was like, I can't believe Tech is coming back to be on. Um, like a, He hasn't done a season in years. He's done other things like fucking Friends. So Tech was one that I was like, really like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Is there anyone you wish was on the season with you? Or were you just happy to be there with the cast? You know what? I obviously like, I've always been a fan of the Tina, Rachel, Veronica, mm-hmm. like the mean girls as they, you know, were so-called. I've always just liked them, obviously Coral. So I would have loved to see some of them on there. However, I think this season ended up being cast perfectly for us to have the most amazing time as a cast member. It was just, we made a lot of good memories. So it's one of those like cheesy things. Everything really does work out. Now, how does it feel when people are like, I like the challenge all stars more than what we're watching on MTV. It's just, it's such a different vibe. And I know the bar is on the floor for men on this show. Yeah. Men are like well said. Be respectful. I think that the reason people like this one more is the same reason we like to film it more. Um, it's authentic. It's the it's the authentic real world road rules people that you fell in love with. Now they're casting people who went on reality TV just to be, become famous. Mm-hmm. They're also casting people you don't give a fuck about as far as a viewer. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things. If you put authentic people who you watch grow up on TV, who you know their history, they're going to just be more relatable. And again, at the end of the day, authenticity, like it, being authentic always wins. And we were a household of authentic people. And I can't say the same about the current challenge. So going back to like the current days, I know you haven't been on since 2018, but how has the challenge changed over time? Is it just more people, you know, earlier before you go on a season, they're on social media trying to fight you. They're trying to be your partner. Is that kind of frustrating at all? Again, it's unfortunately, and this has been hard for me to adapt to because I started, you know, I've been on reality TV now for 10 years. So I started when it was still real and normal, but it's just, unfortunately the way with social media is with anything, we have to adapt to it. It's just the new world that we're living in. It makes it a lot less fun. And it's why a lot of your favorites aren't on the real challenge because they're saying no. Um, so it should, it, 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 it sucks, but it also is unfortunately the world that we live in and with the good of social media comes the bad. And that's the bad part of it, in my opinion, or one of the bad parts. I know. I was going to say, I know you've been in some Twitter fights in your days, so. <laughs> I really have, and I'm trying really hard to be a, a new Zen bitch where I don't get in Twitter fights. And I'm like, Jimmy, it's not worth it. And like, there'll be like one little like version of me on my shoulder being like, let it go, let it go. And then the other version's like, go the fuck in, clap back. <laughs> so I'm really trying hard to be more Zen and not care and let people have their opinions. But sometimes you're just in a mood where you're like, I'm going to say what I have to say. Like you brought this to my front door. Now I'm going to fucking accept it. Now, as we're on this topic, kind of, who would be your absolute nightmare partners to have on the challenge? Honestly, like 90% of the guys from the new show and <laughs> Big Easy. And I have said this before, and I'll, I'll make it clear here. It has nothing to do with Big Easy's past or how I think he compete, can compete, because I actually do think he's a solid competitor. It's just that him and I don't communicate well together. I don't communicate well with men that are aggressive and loud and yell. And he just does that. Even when he's not trying to yell, he yells. 
So on All Stars, it is easy, hence why I wanted to vote him into every elimination possible. But as far as the regular challenge, hell, it's half of those guys. Like, I don't want to be partnered with most of those men because they're the worst. I think one of my favorite parts of Challenge All-Stars is when people throw themselves into the elimination and you're like, what are you doing? So what is your game plan going into a challenge? Yeah, my whole thing is like never volunteer for an elimination. Even if you were the worst that day, you've been the worst the past three days. Like It doesn't matter. The whole point of the challenge is to stay out of eliminations. It's not about going in and proving yourself because I could be the best competitor ever and go into elimination that it's the one thing I suck at. You don't know what you're going into. So there's no point of trying to go into eliminations and prove yourself. If you have to go in, you have to go in. It's part of the game. So my biggest thing is do everything as a competitor to stay out of eliminations. So when people are just like, you know what? I shit the bed today. I'll go. I'm like, no, this is not how this game is supposed to be played. So that was my biggest issue with all stars is the, the, how chill people were. And I get it because these people haven't on shows in years and it's a whole different dynamic. But I do think if there had been a few more episodes and we had a few more eliminations to get through before we got to the final, that would have shifted because that last uh, deliberation, the guy's deliberation where Nehemiah gets sent in shit was getting real, real quick. So I think if there had been like one or two more eliminations, everything would like the shit would have hit the fan and it would have been a totally different game. Do you almost feel like you had a leg up because you were recently on seasons of the challenge? Yeah, I think that because I do play such a strike, like do like my game is like strategy, strategy, strategy. And a lot of those people were coming in there with no strategy. That was all that was of an advantage. Yeah. I definitely think even though I was the kind of the young OG, the one that didn't maybe know as many as people or done as many shows with them, I do think I had a little bit of an advantage um, just because of the way I played the game. Who surprised you the most as a competitor for All-Stars specifically? I knew that John A was going to show up and show out. I know a lot of people are surprised by John A. Yes, it's impressive that she did this seven months after having a baby, but I've always known her to be a good competitor. Um, so who really surprised me was Kendall. Yeah, the original Kendall Barbie had done one. Yeah, Kendall had done one challenge prior to it. Yes, she had won that challenge, but that's when the challenge wasn't really difficult to win. Um, so yeah, Kendall's the one that surprised me the most. She just really is a little yogi bitch. And like, you don't want to fuck with those yoga bitches. They're <laughs> like, really? Yoga? I, the funny thing is I do yoga. and I, But now that I was around Kellyanne and Kendall, I've like stepped my yoga game up because I realized <laughs> the advantage of doing yoga. I will say, I feel like you're in the best shape you've ever been in. I don't know if you feel that way, but even seeing you like perform and everything, I was like, get it, Jemmy. No, thank you. I really, and like I said, it's not like I was training for the challenge. You obviously you know this because you follow me. I've just been on a fitness life journey. Mm-hmm. So the fact that the call came and I had been working out did play in my advantage. I still like am scared of a lot of things and a lot of things of the challenge is scary. So that, um, you know. It's hard because <laughs> you can't you said, like you can't train for fear, I guess, is the best way to put it. I don't think I'd be able to do eating. I mean, I wouldn't be able to do a lot of physical stuff either. Let me make that clear. But like eating, I don't know. Obviously, we're in a we're in a final we're, you know, there's right. one part's done. Another part's coming. You, you know, it's coming. You know <laughs> that, you know, the eating's coming. That's all I will say. You know, the eating is coming. And do you agree if you can't eat, you can't win the challenge? 
I think if you're someone who can't eat, then you're going to, and, and you, you, there's something you're going to have to do to figure it out. Like, I don't know if you just go to the grocery store and buy the grossest food you can find and like train at your house. Yeah. If you can't eat that, that plays a vital part in the challenge. And you're going to see some people in this next leg suffer. From oh, the I'm eating. excited. I'm excited. Ugh. <laughs> ugh. That's all I'm going to say is, oh, I know. Cause watching Fessy struggle through it. I was like, Fessy drives me crazy. I know he's someone who I wouldn't want to be partnered with for sure. Yeah. Now I know you've been on multiple shows over the past few years, but real world is where we met you. You are the reason I tried out for real world. (laughs) I love that. But how was the process of that? And how did it kind of, you know, change everything? I mean, yeah, real world is one of the things I, I was going to, I was supposed to graduate college in December, which was a semester early. So my plan for that next semester was like, I'll just, you know, study for the LSAT, then I'll go back to DC and, you know, intern with who I was working with, you know, for the sum, you know, I had this big plan worked out, but I was also just kind of like itching to not do this plan. I was like, this sounds like, I was 21. I was just like, there's gotta be more out there than this like standard plan that everyone accepts from me. Um, And we were watching, me and my roommates were watching, it had to be one of the gauntlets, I think. It was 2009. Um, maybe the ruins. I don't really remember what was on. Maybe the ruins actually. And they did a like a little audition at the bottom of the screen, like now casting for the real world. And my friend went online and they're like, oh, they're doing a casting in Memphis. That's the closest one to us. I'm like, I'm not driving five to six hours for this. They're like, no, we're going to drive you. So my friends like forced me to like go. It was like eight. We were like the first people there because our plan was, was a Saturday morning to be in line, I would audition at 8 a.m. And then we would go back because Mississippi State had a football game that day. And you can't miss a college football game when you like go to college in the SEC. So we were the first, I was the first one in line. I went in with the first group, set 10 people around the table, asked a few questions. And then they told everyone to leave except me. And then they're like, we need you to fill out all this paperwork. And I'm like, I have 10 minutes before my friend leaves me. So like, I'm going to just fucking bullshit go back to the game, like get back to Starkville. Don't think anything of it. Get a call from them. And they're like, we need you back up here tomorrow for another interview. I'm like, well, my friends aren't going to drive me back up. I'm not going to drive myself. So I'm just going to call my mom. And if she wants to drive me, she can drive me. And if she doesn't drive me, then I'm just not going. She's like, okay, I'll drive you. And she was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. I I know what the real world is. And I feel like this is going to fuck up all your plans. (laughs) And I remember like, mom, I really want to do this. I've always wanted to do this because I had always wanted to do real world. And you get it. Anyone that has grew up, grown up watching the show and has the love for the show knows that like, I want to do it. I remember my mom looking at me. She's like, well, shit, if you really want to do it, then I'm putting you in the house. You're in the house. It's going to happen. And then there were a lot of more interviews. I think I did three or four more in-person interviews, had to make the tape. And then in December, it was like the week of finals. They flew like 14 people out to LA. And then that's when they narrow it down to like seven or eight. Okay. So went out to LA. And again, like that's the funny, the craziest part is like, there was someone exactly kind of like me there. There was someone like kind of exactly like Knight, kind of like Preston. Cause they had did this cast that they wanted. So they flew basically two of the same people out and then picked one. And then got the call back like two days later that made the final cast, started filming in January of 2010. And here we are. What is a moment that you would go back and rewatch from your real world days? Oh, the funny thing is I, the real world's too hard for me to watch. I didn't even enjoy watching it when it was airing. 
Um, I did, me and one of my friends who had never seen my season, one of my really good uh, friends, we had we'd watched an episode a few months ago. We were having like a hurricane and he and like hurricane day and we watched an episode. Um, but it's it's really hard for me to watch. And it was like, obviously now because of night, it's hard to watch. But even before night passed away, it's just, I was 21. I was so vulnerable. I was just so honest and real. And I know that other people appreciate it, but it's just one of those things that I physically cannot watch. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, my favorite moment is when you're playing piano. That's like, <gasps> yeah, like a I five mean, second clip, but it's incredible. The St. Patrick's Day episode will always like I, I one day I will go back and watch that one because that was just a shit fucking show. And the ironic thing is I live right next to the bar now that I got kicked out of. So like, my, I know you're so funny. You're in New Orleans full time now, right? I am. How much do you love it down there? I mean, it's home. It's all like from the moment I started in the real world, this place, like as much as I love living in New York, um, as much as I love traveling, like New Orleans is always like my number one. Now, one thing about you is you're super open. I think you're a really open person on social media, on the shows. And I ask people to ask questions for, you know, us to talk about. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions was dealing with grief over time. And I feel like you've talked about this a bit, but How have you been able to, you know, deal with grief and kind of continue to keep, say, night and DMs memory alive? Yeah. Um, And yeah, how do you how do you deal with that? Because I feel like it's so ingrained in your whole career in life and everything. I think you just have to realize um, and it took me a long time to get here that grief comes in waves. There will be there will be moments and days where it just it takes over and there'll be moments and days where it's on the back burner of your mind. So I think with grief, just like any emotion, you have to just be able to sit in it and accept it. You can't, you have to go through it. And I think that's the hardest part with grief is realizing all this shit that I'm feeling right now, I have to sit in and go through and whether it's guilt, whether it's anger, whatever, because, you know, with grief comes so many other emotions. Mm -hmm. So I think it's one of those things you just have to really sit in and accept it and be like, this is the wave. Waves don't last. I will get over this wave and everything will be, you know, good again for a little while. So I think that's the biggest thing is just realizing this feeling isn't going to last for the rest of my life, but I have to sit in it when it comes to me in order to get past it properly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Um, kind of switching gears. I know that was a little bit heavy, but you've been on four MTV shows now, right? Challenge all stars. I know a bunch of seasons of the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I guess real world challenge peak X on the beach peak. And then I guess all stars. Yeah. Which has been your favorite? Real world is, is you can't compare any of your challenge experiences to real world. So I don't even put real world in the same category as other shows just because it's such a different. I mean, it's, it, it was set up to be more of a documentary. And that's what it felt like. I was like I was filming something very real and honest. So with the other shows, I'll be honest with you. The all stars challenge all stars is the most fun show I've ever done. Um, the fact that it was the first season. So I was part of something special. The fact that as a cast, we just fucking had so much fun in the middle of a quarantine when a lot of people couldn't leave the country. We were in Argentina living it up. So the All-Stars, as much as I love, you know, my early challenges, the All-Stars takes the cake. I know you've traveled a lot and recently you just came back from Costa Rica. Where has been your all-time favorite place you've gone? Man, I love South America. So Argentina's up there. Um, I really liked Turkey where I filmed my first season, Battle of the Seasons, too. 
Um, Thailand rivals too was great, but I don't know. I really love South America. So Argentina won me over in a way that I wasn't expecting. If you could travel anywhere right now, would it be Argentina? I know you just came back, but. If I could travel any, I know I'm ready. I want to go back to Spain. I really like Spain. Obviously, fuck, I forgot about it. Vendettas we filmed in Spain. So uh, maybe like Spain, Italy and Portugal. I want to do a, like a little like wine tour through there. Is wine your favorite thing to drink? Yes, I'm actually drinking a daiquiri right now because I was at the pool. But yeah, I'm a red wine girl. And that's why I love Argentina so much is I'm a Malbat bitch. You get the best Argentina Malbats in Argentina. So I like base where I like to go based on on their red wine selection. I love that. Always make your choices on alcohol wherever you're going. Yes, duh. That's that's like number one factor of fun. (laughs) Uh, Have you gone on the bayou with your daiquiris yet? I have a few times, actually. It's our, Yeah, we went out to the bayou probably about three to four times in the past few weeks. Yeah, I go out I there all say, the time. I will say me saying bayou just doesn't sound right. I don't have the I don't have the southern twang the at bayou, all. Bayou, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that mass is coming out in you. Yeah, no, and the funny thing is, in that episode, I make the comment like, usually I'm on the bayou with a, gal- with a gallon of daiquiris. And people were like DMing me like, bitch, why do you have a whole gallon? I'm like, that's how they sell it at the drive-thru. You can get a whole gallon and then everyone shares it. People really thought I was just like taking a milk carton to the daiquiri shop being like, gallon me up. I'm like, no, they package and sell it like this. I'm not a complete crackhead. That's when you're like, mind your business and let me have Yeah, fun. I'm like, unless, unless you know, then you don't know. Like, exactly. Oh, that's so funny. Um, so obviously this is Laguna Beach Hills podcast. So I have some Laguna Beach Hills questions for, for you. Sure. You were a fan, right? Yeah, I remember like watching Laguna Beach. My girlfriends would come over to my house the night that it would air. We would just sit on my couch. We were huge, huge Laguna like fans because we we're, you know, that age. Mm-hmm. So it was literally we're in high school watching these bitches in high school and being like <sighs> Mississippi doesn't look like this. Like, why is our high school not this? And we were just like living vicariously through these rich bitches. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, wow, these people are like rich, rich. Yes. I'm like, what? I remember I was so obsessed with uh, Lowe's Jetta. Yeah. I thought her Jetta was so cool that I can still see it. I was going to ask who your favorite on the show was. Kristen? Was it Kristen? Kristen. I ride or die with Kristen. Kristen was always just like, this is me, bitches. If you like it, you like it. You don't, you don't. I love Low and I love LC. But usually our favorites are who we relate to the most. And Kristen is just the who I related to the most. She, like, scared me with her confidence at, like, 16 or 17, however old she was. I was like, she's too confident for me. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. She, like, knew who the fuck she was. She knew she was hot. She knew she was about that life. And, I, yeah, it's unfair. Most 16-year-olds do not have that much confidence, especially in our day and age in 2004 and 2005 when we didn't have all these, like, beauty standards these new bitches have. No, pencil-thin eyebrows and chunky highlights. You know, I look at all the time, like I don't have a TikTok, like I don't make TikTok videos, mm-hmm. but I have an account because I ha- obviously have to know all the Taylor Swift conspiracies. Right. But Travis Barker's 15 year old daughter, Alabama Barker, comes up on my TikTok all the time. And I'm like, this bitch looks more grown than me. <laughs> like, I'm like, how does she know how to do her makeup like that? How do her boobs like? So it blows my mind. I'm very thankful I grew up when I grew up and not now because I would not be able to keep up with these kids. No, absolutely. I don't think I would have been able to handle social media, honestly. No, like I'm Facebook so glad. And MySpace, but that's kind of. Yeah, even with Facebook, I remember I had to like 
you had to have the like college ID at first so, or email. So like, it is what it is. I'm so glad that we got to survive like the awkward years without social media. And when you started on like real world and everything, social media was around, but it wasn't like it was. We now. essentially, yeah, um, we essentially got a Twitter. I remember setting my Twitter up right before my show aired. So Twitter was a thing, but Instagram was not a thing. Are you kind of glad that it wasn't? So glad because my real world, I was, you know, going through a lot. I'm so glad. I'm so thankful that I got my experiences in exactly the way that I did. And I feel like that's why I love, you know, Laguna Beach, the hills, even your era of real world, just because there wasn't all that back and forth. Like people weren't annoying me on Twitter about fights that were happening and things like that. I was, I think about that a lot and I'm like, nothing was spoiled. Everything was a surprise. No, for sure. That's yeah. Again, it goes back to the the good and bad of social media. It's like now if we can know everything about these people that we kind of obsess with, but when you know everything, there's a lot of information. Like, I don't want to fucking know this. And now I know this. So I remember reading a interview with Spencer Pratt a long time ago, and he said he would have done great on the challenge. What do you think about that? I think Spencer Pratt is fucking nuts. <laughs> I think that he would have been, he would have come in thinking he would have been like a mastermind like Wes. I think he would have like tried to study Wes's game and come in like a Wes. But I don't think that Spencer has it in him to actually long live on the challenge. Now, I have to ask you kind of a controversial question. This is a question okay. I ask on my story a lot. The face of the challenge for the males, is it CT or Johnny Bananas, do you think? I think it's Johnny. However, I think CT is like making a weird last minute, last hour of his career, like bid for it. Mm-hmm. But essentially, Johnny has the most wins. Um, he's done the most seasons. And, and like when, when it's big promo, I think if CT had played the game differently in the beginning, it would have been CT. Mm-hmm. But I don't think CT cared about shit like that back then. I think CT, especially old CT, was like, I'll show up to the challenge. I'll either fight somebody or fucking party my ass <laughs> off and then go home. And then maybe I'll come back. Where Johnny strategically planned to be the face of the challenge. I think if CT had made different steps early on in his challenge career, that he could have been the face. But unfortunately, I do think it's more Johnny than CT. But CT's been competing a lot more lately. He's been winning a lot more. So I kind of feel like he's making like a last minute run for that like number one spot in the challenge hall of fame. For sure. It's funny. One of my friends just recently started watching the challenge and she's like, CT's just like the fun guy. I'm like, you have no idea who CT used to be. But he wasn't really, yeah, but he like, in like in the beginning, he didn't care about being on TV or being the face of the challenge. He literally just showed up, whatever happened, happened. Then he went home to his real life where Johnny was strategically planning everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think CT is just a little late to the party, and but I still think that the conversation. I think if you probably when you ask on your story, it's a pretty good split. Yeah, people seem to like CT more just his personality, so they go for yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, and I do think maybe he's more he comes off as more likable, and he's like especially as women, I think we find him more attractive. But I think when push comes to shove, if you're really being honest about the face of the challenge, it's Johnny. I get that. Unfortunately, I understand. I know. I mean, I'm not saying I. I not saying it's what I agree, what I want or what I like, but a fact is a fact. And I think that's a fact in my opinion. That's the fact to stand by. Now you did say you have TikTok for Taylor Swift conspiracies. Yes. So something we have in common is we're both Swifties. 
Oh my God. The biggest mistake. <laughs> what is one of your so much? Yeah. Tell me, tell me about your love. This is, this is a Swifty love place. Um, if you don't like Taylor Swift, just, just listen. Cause maybe you'll change your mind about her. Oh, I get mad at people that don't like Taylor Swift. Me too. I get like fucking mad. Um, I just always love Taylor from the moment she's come out. I think that lyrics wise, she is a genius. I love how she does all the Easter eggs and integrates everything. Like I'm the type of person I think I'm always kind of thinking ahead. So I appreciate that. in like an artist where Taylor's always fucking outsmarting us. Um, and I just love her. I, I just love Taylor Swift. Like if I can only listen to one artist for the rest of my life, it's Taylor fucking Swift. I would agree with that. I would agree. What's your favorite Taylor album? Oh God, that's see. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Folklore and Evermore. I don't know what they did to me. Um, my favorite song is probably from 1989. Red is there. So honestly, I cannot pick a favorite album because it really depends on my headspace and my mood and what I need from her. So I just also just don't like to compare masterpieces because they're all <laughs> fucking good. Um, so it really depends on my mood. But my favorite song is You're in Love, which is like the 1980 from that 1989 album. Um, so if I was going based on the songs, I would have to roll with that album, but Folklore and Evermore, it's just the tailor that I didn't know that I needed or wanted, but fell in love with. I thought you were a reputation bitch. I can't lie. I, that's the funny thing. And I, but I can, I can literally sit here and go everywhere with it. It just depends, but I love her new shit so much. I, I just, it feel like, it feels like it's just authentically her. And then she finally got to put out the music that she wants to put out and as someone who sometimes feels like you're always have to like give people what they want instead of who you are, I just connect to her music where I'm like, this is exactly who she wants to fucking be right now. That was actually beautiful when you can actually be who you are, not what people want. That was like, yeah. Oh. And I think that we finally get that from her because she's, you know, so bad, you know, had to please people so much. And now she's finally like, I'm just going to write these songs that I fucking like. And, and here they go. My kitten just fell off the couch. How is she? Jolene, right? Yeah, she's, she was sleeping, rolled off the couch. I think she's... Fine. How is she adjusting to her new home? She's doing good. I'm, I'm adjusting. Like, I'm like, do I love her yet? You know, I need to... Okay, well, you know, obviously, you people listening don't know this, but you and I both know that you lost Gurley the same day that my mom lost her dog. Mm-hmm. And my mom's at that point, too, where she's, like, ready to get a new dog. So I, I think I'm happy for you that you took that step, because I know it's scary to like bring a new family member in because you don't want to forget the memory of your, your first, you know, the child you love the most, but yeah, I'm proud sure. that you got her because when I saw her, I was like, I think she's meant to be with you. Honestly, you were like, no, that's meant to be. I'm like, okay. If Jemmy says so, no, I really, you have an I, intuition. As as I, no, as soon as I saw her face, I was like, you're going to regret not getting this baby. <laughs> yeah. She's super tiny. Um, do you have any pets right now? Or are you just too busy? I have a fish. Oh, okay. Yeah, his name is Josiah, and somehow he stays alive through my bullshit. Fish are super easy to take care of, as some of Yeah, well, he's, he's been a trooper. He survived me being in Argentina. Um, he survived the past 10 days in Costa. I didn't even know which one of my friends was feeding him, and I knew just knew one of them was feeding him. So, yeah, he's, he survived my bullshit, which is important. <laughs> now, as we wrap this up, I need your hot pop culture take, Okay. Okay. Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. It's so funny because I'm on this weird Ben Affleck uh, obsession right now. I've been watching like nothing but Ben Affleck movies. Oh, I'm sorry. He's Uh, a terrible actor. I don't 
Oh my God. I've been, but I've just been like on a Ben Affleck kick. It's that goddamn accent. Yo, I'm here for Ben and JLo. Like if JLo really wants to get under A-Rod's skin, Ben Affleck is the way to go. So I hope she has a hot girl summer, but that she flaunts Ben in our faces here and there. Thank you so much. I love, I don't like them together, but I like your take. So no, I want her, I I don't think he's her end game at all. And I think she could do way better. But if she even wants to fuck with A-Rod, which I think she needs to, I think Ben Affleck is the one thing that's just going to piss A-Rod off. I know. Who would have thought Madison LaCroix would cause so much damage? Like, what? If I'm J-Lo and you cheat on me with that bitch from Southern Charm, <laughs> like, I would be so fucking offended. Like, what? Like, cheat on, if I'm J-Lo, you can only cheat on me with Beyonce. Yeah, yeah. Or Taylor Those Swift, are the rules. Maybe. Yeah, those are the rules. Like the only like you can only cheat on J Lo with Beyonce or and Ariana. Like there is like a trifecta of bad bitches, <laughs> and Southern Charm Babe is not in it. What are your go to reality shows or shows in general right now? Oh, my go to shows right now. Oh, I've I've actually just started watching The Office for the first time. Oh, yes. Oh my God! Hi, Queen. She's so cute. <laughs> Yes, I've never watched The Office, so I've been on a little bit of an office binge. Okay. Um, and I've actually just been re-watching old seasons of Housewives, because yeah, I love Housewives. Um, love the Salt Lake City uh, season. So yeah, just I've been on a very, like, going back and watching old shows I love, including Clarissa Explains It All. Oh my goodness, Clarissa Explains It, it all. It's on Paramount, if anyone wants to rewatch Clarissa Explains It All. Who's your favorite on The Office so far? Oh, I love Dwight. Okay. Yeah, Michael and Dwight. Oh, man. I'm just so happy to be watching The Office for the first time because anyone that's a big fan knows how good of a show it is. And to, like, experience it the first time is the best goddamn feeling. So, I agree. Yeah. I, watch, I watched it the first time a few years ago. I love Mindy Kaling, Kelly Kapoor. I relate to her so much. I get so hyped for Kelly's character. And I'm always, because I always watch with my friends, I'm always telling them, I'm like, she has such an expensive dress right now. Like, she always has, like, the most expensive dresses on. So I love that she low-key was like, this is my shit. I'm going to wear the nice dress. Fuck the rest of y'all's outfits. And you're a Friends fan, right? Uh, The biggest. Yeah. The reunion we get this week. Are you excited? I'm so excited. I don't like all the extra guests that they're having on there. Like, why the fuck is Justin Bieber going to be there? And I love Justin's music. I sometimes, I don't really like him as a person because, you know, Team Taylor. Um, But, like, why is Justin Bieber there? I don't need all these extra guests. I know that they're just, like, you know, trying to hype it up as much as possible. But I wish they would have just kept it with the original cast and anyone that's ever been on the cast. I agree. Like, tech, right? Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Actually, so funny. I was in New York. I went to the Friends Experience after we filmed the reunion. And then later that night when I got home, I put it on Friends in my hotel room. And it was a tech episode. <laughs> I hadn't seen that episode in years. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this kid was really on Friends. Who was your favorite friend? Um, I'm, I relate most to Rachel. Okay. But f- I fucked with Phoebe. Phoebe is so underrated. So, yeah, Phoebe. That's awesome. She's for sure my favorite. Now, this is my last question. I want you to think really hard on it, okay? Oh, God, okay. What early 2000s trend would you bring back if you could? Well, I bought like a Von Dutch hat recently, and it's been coming back. And again, one of my friends, I bought the hat, and he was like, why do you have that? 
I'm like, Von Dutch is making a comeback. And then the other day we were out and this girl walked by in some Von Dutch sandals and he was like, oh God, you were right. So like anything that Paris Hilton was wearing in, two, in early 2000s, I will gladly wear. But the Von Dutch hat is like key. Yeah, that's definitely like superior top tier. Yeah, I've been looking for like a matching bathing suit. I can't wait to see you on the bayou drinking your yes, gallon of daiquiri. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Now, before we sign off, where can everybody find you? I know you just started your YouTube Patreon channel. Oh, yeah, I have a Patreon. So, like, if you're, like, watching the season of All Stars, a lot of people I know are waiting to wait to all the episodes to binge it. But, like, yeah, subscribe to my Patreon. There's different levels. So there's, like, you can figure out what you want. It's literally just patreon.com slash Jimmy, J-E-M-M-Y-E. Very easy to find me. Um, so yeah, and like once the challenge is over, I'm just gonna then recap, do more of like pop culture videos, recap other shows. So the party's gonna keep going even when All Stars is over. And They're filming the new challenge now, so we'll have content like content soon. There'll be an All Stars too soon. So the content never stops, you know that. And you're just gem on everything, right? Yeah, just gem. If you type in just gem, you'll find me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. And we will definitely have a live show one day. Yes, my girl, that is happening. Let's keep speaking into existence. And thank you for having me. I'm so happy I could be here. The 100th episode is fucking amazing. So you should be proud of yourself. Like thank you've done you. some dope ass shit with this account. And I've always, and I think I've told you this before, I'm always impressed. Like it's easy for someone on TV to have a following, but people like you that just really figure it out and create a, a like a following, that's so badass to me. So cheers. I don't have a drink, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my girl. Thank you for having me.